Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Columbo himself, Daniel. Hello, hello. That's your mom voice? I, I, I can't do a mom voice. There's, I just, it's terrible. I've tried. <laughs> What is your mom name, Daniel, if you had to have one? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't think of anything funny. I can't either. All right, but yeah, so yeah, today we're talking the new Netflix docuseries. What's it called again? Uh, Fear City. Fear City. New York versus the Mafia. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's talk some Godfathers. Cheers. Cheers. Alrighty, Daniel. What are you drinking today? What do you got there? I just got a regular fresh squeeze from Deschutes. Check out what I've got. I know. I saw the can. I'm like, damn, I drank the rest of mine last night. Should have saved one. Oh, so you did get one at least. All right. Yes. Fort George three-way. They're seasonal. Trifecta. Where they get together for the breweries. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. It Mm. is tasty really good i know i like it i yeah i always look forward to these three ways yeah it's always fun they always taste good it's it's two different breweries every time right that they get together yeah it's fort george this one's level up and what's the third one yeah i'm trying to see it on the can let's see uh level beer uh, here's here's one with a symbol or there. Oh, okay. So I just looked it up. The I, the the 2023 way is a Fort George level beer from Portland, Oregon, and Structure Brewing of Bellingham, Washington. Oh, it's pretty dang good. Go check it. Go check it out. They're pretty much in every store now, including Camp Sherman store down in Central Oregon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> For all you campers out there. Okay. Hey. Well, Daniel, let's uh, get on with today's show here. Yeah, we've got some uh, docuseries to talk, which was pretty fun to watch. Oh, um, yeah. Is there any any big breaking news, anything we should touch on before we move on to today's episode? So the only news I really have both include Disney+. Plus. One breaking news that got announced today was that Mulan is headed to Disney+, Plus on September 4th. Oh, the live action? Yeah. However, they are going to be essentially selling it or selling the rentals like other VOD releases have, and it's going to be $30 to watch it. Whoa. Which, I mean, a lot of people are like, but we already pay for the subscription service, and then you have to pay another $30 on top of it. Which, I mean, again, it's more for like people like you and me. Family five. Worth it. Yeah. But if you have a family of like, two three kids thirty dollars to see a brand new movie totally worth it yeah well, it's still cheaper than going to the theaters yeah especially since you can't go to a theater well i'm curious to see money wise how this does for them because i mean that probably was going to be at least a three-quarter billion dollar movie for them yeah that's the thing everything that they release like even like aladdin got to a billion i think right it got pretty close i don't think it crossed a billion but it got close okay 
But yeah, all of their live action things make at least three quarters of billion dollars. So yeah, I'd be curious at thirty dollars a household what this looks like. I'd be curious to see it. I still wanted to see it. Christina Aguilera did a new song for it. Ooh. Okay. Well, so it'll be available on September 4th, so not too long, in like exactly a month. And then the other thing that Disney Plus related was Disney Plus reached its five-year subscriber goal in its first year. Nice. Apparently their five-year goal was between 60 and 90 million subscribers by 2024. And now they are currently at 60.5 million subscribers after their first or during their first year. Cool. So I'm like, oh shit, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's still the low end of their projections, but they've already made it the first year, which I'm pretty sure the coronavirus helped push that along quite a bit with everybody just being stuck inside that. Like, oh yeah, I'm well, sure. Especially if they're stuck contact. inside their kids. Exactly. I guess we'll get that Disney Plus. Exactly. Anybody who was on the fence and this happened, you're all stuck inside. You're like, yeah, you're totally getting that. Well, one sad news happened this last week since I last talked to you. Regis Philbin is no longer with us. What? Really? Yep. I didn't hear anything about that. Mr. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, July. Dang. Yeah, ah, it's crazy. I think what he was he uh, eighty eight when he died, but yeah, he will be missed. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, Mr. Philbin. And he's just kind of like a, a pop culture icon. I mean, like I think the reason the first time I ever saw him was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, and then he was on like what? What is that morning talk show like? The Today Show. Regis and Kelly. Regis and Ke- I don't know why I said today. I don't really know much daytime TV. But yeah, Regis and Kelly, they had that. Like he was in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Like a bit role or two. And he always played himself in things like he was in Little Nicky, Miss Congeniality, just little things like that. But yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to think we now live in a world without Regis Philbin. Yeah, he's just always kind of been around. Yeah. Good guy, though, from what I could tell. And yeah, he will be missed. All right, Daniel. Well... As far as uh, other things I've seen this week, I've got one to talk about that I'm pretty okay. excited for. Uh, so I started the ne- another Netflix docuseries, The Last Dance, which is about the Chicago Bulls slash Michael Jordan. And so far, so I'm about I think, three episodes in, and so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. Okay. What they, what they kind of did in a nutshell with the series is about is I think it was the 97-98 season, they allowed a camera crew to come in and just follow the team around. And just So what we're doing is this is the, they're going for their sixth championship as, you know, you got the, your main guys, uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman, main three guys. They're the main power of the team along with just all the rest. And they're going for their sixth, um, you know, championship. And so it's good. So what the docuseries does, it goes back and forth between the 97, 98 year season. And just kind of, so far it goes back, talks about like Michael Jordan's early career, like college and things like that. Mm-hmm. Then the next episode focuses more on Scottie Pippen. Then the next episode uh, focuses more on Dennis Rodman, but it's pretty cool going back and just seeing like, especially college footage. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever seen college footage of Michael Jordan. And I mean, just seeing him just be Michael Jordan and on the college court on the college team was awesome. 
Yeah. And you're kind of getting a little bit of each of their backstories. But uh, yeah, so far it's been fun. Only, again, three episodes in, three of ten. But so yeah. far, so good. That's awesome. I'm glad it's holding up, Bennett. You're really excited about that. Yeah. Coming to Netflix. Streaming on Netflix. So yeah, check it out, everyone. Yeah. Sounds like a good doc. Well, the only thing I really have this week is on Sunday, Shiloh and I were just dinking around, like uh, not really doing much of anything, but we ended up watching Freaky Friday. <laughs> the original or the Jamie Lee Curtis? The Jamie Lee Curtis one. What, what was it? Lindsay Lohan? Yep, like 2003 or something. Before the dark side, before the drugs. I know, I'm just like, oh man, like seeing her is just such a big deal to you. I'm like, oh man, that's crazy. But like um, this girl had potential. Yeah, and then it went away. Yep. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do a lot of drugs. Yeah. But I don't know, we were just like dinked around having fun. So we decided to watch something that'd be just kind of funny and chill. And it was actually, it surprised, it held up a lot better than I thought it would. I thought it would just be more dumb, but this was an actual like theatrical released movie from Disney and it actually holds up pretty well. Like it's actually pretty funny. Jamie Lee Curtis really like puts her all into acting like a teenager and Lindsay Lohan does pretty good, but I think Jamie Lee Curtis does like a lot more like as far as committing to being a teenager in a an older woman's body, which I thought was great. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to check that out again. It's been so long. And the uh, and the soundtrack was actually a lot of fun too. A lot of like '90s and like early 2000s music that I remembered, and that was pretty cool. It was actually it held up a lot more than what I really thought. So I kind of went in with lo- little to no expectations, and it actually it actually like was pretty good. So I would still recommend if you think about revisiting that one, check it out. It's a good time. Just a feel-good, fun movie. Yeah. Next, we'll have to watch The Parent Trap with her. What was she in, like, three different Disney remakes? The Parent Trap, Freaky Friday, and Herbie, The Love Bug? Oh, yeah. Herbie Fully Loaded was Lindsay Lohan's Herbie movie. Yeah. I saw that one, too. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that one. I don't. Uh, I, I, I saw Parent Trap and Freaky Friday. Well, cool. Yeah. Whatever happened to her? Is she doing anything now? I have no idea. You just don't hear about her anymore. I'll look later. I don't, I don't really eh. care that much. <laughs> no, me neither. That's I why like, I didn't. I was like, maybe I'll look, but I'm like, eh, over it. <laughs> exactly. All righty. Well, shall we move on here then and get into our main docuseries on tap today let's do it cool so today we are talking fairly new i think it's been a few weeks now that it's been available right i think came out on the 22nd of july so it hasn't been too long um it's only been out for a couple weeks yeah new docuseries fair city new york versus mafia which pretty interesting yeah I, i didn't really I had seen like the thumbnail for it, but really didn't pay too much attention. But yeah, I was kind of glad we watched it because it was very interesting. I kept thinking how much I want to go watch Goodfellas now watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so what were some of your initial thoughts on it? Well, going in, I was excited because this was my idea because we talked about watching Gangs in New York. I'm like, wait, actually, 
I told because I remember seeing the trailer for this like a week before it was coming out. I'm like, that sounds awesome. I just hadn't got a chance to go see it. So we decided on it because I don't know, it sounded interesting. I love a good docuseries. And this one was short, simple. It was three only three episodes. And I think a total runtime of like two and a half hours. So yeah. not even longer than a normal movie nowadays. So I'm like, perfect. This is great. Um so going in, I was really excited and after watching it, like I was planning on watching, like possibly just splitting it up between three episodes. Like, oh, I'll watch one this day and maybe watch another that day. And watch them all at all at the same time. Cause I was just like, this is so damn good. And I'm so just into like the information of what's happening. And the production value on this is insane. Like it's such a good production for a documentary. Which like it, I, I enjoy having that as the story is being told. I enjoy having the visuals because if you can't get archival footage, it's nice to just new footage of stuff, I guess. And just they had both. Acting out what's, what they're talking about, I guess. Like, for example, when they're talking about bugging the uh, Jaguar, just seeing it happen in front of you. Yeah. And seeing... I also definitely loved that they have all these like all these they interview all these people who were working on the case against the mafia when it was happening and then they're like they do like flashback footage essentially like a re, like kind of they did it wasn't archival footage so it was acted out but they used the same people just doing the exact same thing they didn't use actors at, to play them their young selves they just used them and have them do what they were doing like in the 70s and 80s when they were like listening to the tapes and stuff which i thought was great i really enjoyed that you don't need a new actor. Like, I I really enjoyed the interviews with everybody. I love the interviews with the mobsters as well that mm-hmm. they got, which just really kind of adds a lot of validity. Just like, yeah, we were there. Yeah, you I know. mean, for, forgive me, I forgot a lot of their names, but one in particular is the guy that uh, I look at the boxer, the guy that right. was sitting in like the barbershop slide with slash boxing gym. Yeah, that guy was really interesting. I know that's the thing. There's a t- since it's documentary instead of a handful of like character names from movie that we have to remember. It's just a ton of information. So we're not gonna. We'll probably be doing more broad strokes. Forgive us if we get names wrong. Like I didn't even write down a lot of names. Cause I'm like it's just there's too much to remember. So it's more just like talking about the main story of like what's happening. But overall, great documentary. If you're interested in docs, even if you're not super into them, it's only two and a half hours, three episodes. It's definitely worth a watch if you're interested in the subject matter, or even if you're not. They do a great job. Yeah, and I like you. I, I crammed it all in one day. I watched like two episodes back to back, and then I took like a small break, and then went back and watched the final. But yeah, yeah just uh, so good, so interesting just to see all of this unfold. I was also thinking too, like, you know, things like uh the ninja turtles are being written like the comics are being written through throughout all this time right i'm sure a lot of stories that came out through the news that time made their way into the comics i mean in some ways so i thought i like this part they talked about how you have your boss your underboss your captain and then all your foot soldiers right and i thought oh my gosh you've got crane shredder bebop and rocksteady and then Literally foot soldiers. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but I'm like, that probably had a huge influence. <laughs> oh. Oh, Man, wrong pipe. Oh, gosh. Beer everywhere. 
Uh. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wow. Even had an eyewitness. Uh -oh. Hi, Tucker. Anyway, yeah, so Tucker's here. He's going to join okay. the show now. Little Tucker. Okay. He, wa he actually watched it with me. He's not going to say much because he's a dog, but he watched it with me. Oh, that's good. Now he knows all about New York in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, I, I kept thinking of that, though. I'm like, this is totally like Ninja Turtle stuff right here. You know, I bet there's a more validity to that than, I, than we both think. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the whole docuseries follows essentially like the... Essentially, it doesn't really follow the monsters. It follows the people who are working to build a case to indict pretty much all five like major crime families in New York that were operating in the seventies and eighties. And this is actually where they use the Rico law to round them all up, which I honestly, the first time I heard about this was when they mentioned the Rico law in the dark Knight rises or no, in the dark Knight. Dark Knight, Yeah. 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 Cause I'm like, Oh, Okay, cool. So now this is actually the story that they're actually referring to in the movie. I think a lot of Batman stuff was, was um, based off of these kind of stories, too, from back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, and I kind of love... I mean, there's so much good. I mean, in the first episode, you just kind of, like, learn... Here, where are my notes? But, like, the first episode was mob rule again it sets the scene of the new york in the 70s and how like violent it was and how much i mean new york is now one of the safest large cities in the world but apparently it just sounds like it used to be a fucking hellscape in the 70s and 80s like fires going constantly street gangs roaming around like just crazy but i also you know, so I thought that was really interesting. Like, I wrote down, like, quite a few little, like, interesting tidbits. Like, I had no idea. Like, they go through so much information in this. But, like, some things I did not know about the mob is essentially, like, the New York families controlled the rest of the country's mob families. Like, they made the rules and that, that every other mob family in the country had to follow or else face repercussions, which would be death which I thought was crazy. I had no idea they had control over like so many labor unions that essentially could force yeah. anybody to do whatever they wanted. That was interesting. Like, even just things from garbage to yeah, cement, which they yeah. talk about hugely. Yeah, because they talk about how they essentially controlled New York's like building infrastructure or construction like with eight companies that they had. Oh my God, it was just so crazy. There was so much information. But I just thought all of it was so fascinating and looking into how these they essentially like yeah they even say like they treat like they treat their crime families as like corporations because they're literally bringing in like a billion dollars a year on just like these on like the infrastructure of crime and like the things that they do like one of them was talking about I think one of the early stories that they mentioned in the first one was how a couple of gangsters just like, hey, um, someone came up to me and told me that I know how to skirt around like the gasoline tax. So, and like they 
it was bringing in like after like the first year they were getting like tens of millions of dollars each month just from that one thing that they were running and the fbi didn't know how they did it and literally just said just tell us how you did it and we won't prosecute you for it (laughs) and they're like no no we're not going to we're not gonna tell you we're just gonna continue to make so much just crazy stuff i mean i really want to go back and watch this again just i don't think i got nearly as much as i should have or could have from the first round Honestly, after the first episode, I turned on subtitles just to make sure I was getting as much as I could. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah, because I think that did help, especially in documentaries. It usually does help because, like, especially with like heavy Italian accents, and you're also listening to scratchy audio tapes. Scratchy I mean, audio. it definitely does. It the documentary highlights what's important, but like me, I'm just like I just want to get as much as I can. Just so much craziness, though. But yeah, it's cool because you yeah you do see. You learn how these kind of organizations are set up, how they have their fingers and everything. I mean, yeah, they even talked about like you got the uh, docks, like the fishing industry, garbage, cement, gas, like you were talking about. I mean, they've got their fingers everywhere. Yeah, they even like, yeah, they control all the labor unions. So essentially, because I liked, because I'm like, well, how does that like, they control the unions. How does that control the actual corporations? But then they like go on to like, yeah, we just get our people hired. And then essentially if like the corporations aren't paying us enough or they tell us no, then they can literally have enough sway in their employee pool that they make everybody go on strike and that kind of cripples the company to their will. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. It's, it's crazy. It's just like, you don't think blackmail on that large a scale is possible. No. No, no, oh gosh, just so what? What a well-made documentary, though. Just every again, like just the way they re, um, I don't want to say reimagined a lot of things. Or no, it's not. It's not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, yeah, they're kind of like, I forget. I don't know what it's called. I can't think of it. But yeah, reenact, they, reenact. Yeah, when they reenact. All the scenarios we're talking about. Yeah, it's got to be crazy though. Like, just think of like if you work at the police station too, like. Every night of the week, someone's getting shot because someone disobeyed their mob leader. Yeah. And you're just getting know, call uh, after call. Now, one of my favorite sections, which they came back to this guy, I think, at least once every episode. But, like, because it, oh, man, well, I guess we have to kind of talk about how we got there. But, yeah, so they're just trying to build a case against the mob. And then they, this professor from, I think it was like Cambridge or something who wrote the RICO law 10 years prior, but nobody knew how to utilize it. Mm-hmm. So he literally had a conference with like, you know, the FBI and police uh, like heads like come in and then there's, he taught them how to use it and how it could be applied to organized crime and the mafias. And that's what kicks off this whole thing was a conference done by a professor about a law that he wrote 10 years ago that they had no idea how to use. Mm-hmm. And then it starts with like, okay, it's essentially leads into the whole strategy was a, a mass bugging of mobs. That, that like, was one of my favorite parts was all the stories on bugging, like how we snuck into this restaurant and bugged this, how we snuck over here. Again, the Jaguar, like how they like, we got the same kind of Jaguar and we had our team over and over and over again. See, first off, where the best place to put a uh, microphone was or a, a bug, let alone how fast they could do it. And once we found the right spot, we could get the best audio. We had them over and over, see how fast they could do it. 
and then just kind of re that whole reenacting of sneaking into that gated area and putting it in. And one thing I love too is how they're like, well, we, we, you know, we drive these vans behind the cars, but we didn't want them to see they're being followed. See, we would put these um, repeaters in other cars and the other cars would just come switch in and out to keep the signal strong going to the van in the way back. I, mean, I know it's kind of so like, clever. I know I'm just like, oh, so it's kind of like, you know, Wi-Fi boosters. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if the signal's not strong enough, you boost it so you can reach like farther away. And I'm like, oh shit, that's I mean, that's like I didn't even want well, I, I don't know what I thought. Like <laughs> I'm like, I guess I didn't I would never have thought of that as like something they would have done, maybe because I have misconception of like what technology was actually available in the seventies and eighties. It just I mean, I guess it's simple enough, like radio technology, that it works. Um, but yeah, and like you said, I loved, I wrote down, like, I loved when they introduced the black bag man, which essentially was an FBI special operative that's just, like, specialized in, like, blending in. Mm -hmm. And how they, like, bugged one of the main crime families, like, I think he was the secondhand man, where they, his phone, like, was going on the fritz, so they sent him in as a phone operator and he's just like faking it because he's like, I don't know how to fix a phone, but my job is to plant the bug. So that's what he's doing. And he just kind of fakes it. And he's like, all right, see ya. Thanks. Well, another part too, how they talked about scrambling their TV signals. So that, yes, to a point I where they would, that. They that would was call. my favorite section for the black bag, man. Yeah. Cause they essentially said how they intro, I like how they phrased too. They say they introduced an issue with their cable so when they called the cable company, that same guy who did the phone installation bug comes in in like a t cable outfit and is like, oh, okay. And they talked about how it was rehearsed. Like he would hit the things and they would, you know, scramble the signal at that exact same time. Like how so much effort went into the act of making it look like, oh, I can't do this today. I got to call somebody else. Okay. You know, if you, and I loved how he said, and, I did a risky move, but I told like the, and I think he was like an underboss that they were planting a bug in like a main boss, like boss's house, like in their cable box in their main room that he's just like, Hey, uh, I can get this done right now, but can you just hold the flashlight for me? And so the <laughs> guy's just holding the flashlight while he's right in front of him planting the bug in the cable box. <laughs> so great. Like, that is balls to the wall right there. Yeah. <laughs> But I love those stories. I'm like, dude, like what they did was yeah, just... Those were some of my favorite parts. Yeah, which also like, those are some of the parts that just made it feel so cinematic. So you're like, oh, we're kind of like on a spy mission. Kind of, well, yeah. And so just learning about that and also something I never considered was how hard it was to actually get the go-ahead to plant a bug. Because, you know, in movies, they're like, yeah, we're going to plant a bug and then we're going to catch them and that's it. It literally takes them months to get a, a warrant to plant bugs in each of the places that they want to plant bugs. It's that, months it so of crazy to me. research. Like, like, don't you want to catch the bad guys? I know, but that, that's the thing is they had to do it exactly by the books to make sure that these guys couldn't get off. True, 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 true. So, you know, if, if they're, because, you know, they have all, pretty much all the money in the world. If you find a good enough lawyer that's just like, well, you went, you did something illegal to arrest my client. Now my client's vindicated. Yeah. Like they, if they didn't do it by the books, I got the, like they would have been fucked. 
and then all the time wasted, all that money wasted. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy just how long all this went along. I loved all the interviews with the, uh, they're probably all retired now, all the um, retired FBI agents. Like it just was so cool hearing their stories. The gal in the cafe talking. Yeah. But yeah, just hearing all their stories, which is fascinating. But yeah, I do like kind of they just how each episode builds upon the next. And then, you know, the final episode is like how we're going to actually catch these guys. And so what was it kick off the murder of one of the others? Because so they... They figured it out they're all part of this thing called the commission. Right. And their whole thing is like, how are we going to catch these guys? We're going to, well, one, one gets murdered. And like, all right, according to their rules, they needed to have permission from everybody in agreement before this guy gets murdered. So. Right. Which I wrote down. Let me see. I wrote down what that was. Uh, it was the hit that you're talking about was on Carmine Jelanti, and he was hit in like the most classic like mobster style ever. He was on the patio in an Italian restaurant in the back, mm-hmm. and then he was gunned down. And they said he had 84 entrance and exit wounds. Yeah. Which means that guy was shot like he was shot dead well before all up. those bullets were into him. But I'm like, oh shit, that's fucking crazy and terrifying <laughs> but yeah because 84 inch and yeah the and like you said they said by the rules that these mobsters set, four of them had to okay that that hit which means they were trying to get rid of them or well they weren't trying they did they got them <laughs> but i mean yeah there's so much fucking shit in this i mean yeah and it's just so crazy i mean what kind of was like the what I, I gotta say like the most shocking thing was that was in the documentary was not anything about the mobsters themselves, but it was literally like these people have put in like six, I think like at least six years of work. At least, yeah. Into capturing these right, guys. And that's something I got to think about too every day. Like every day of work, you're you think like is there six six years is there something to do every day when you got a six year thing like this but uh, yeah essentially i mean you're I mean, they were- literally going places with a cameraman and just following people around taking pictures just trying to figure things out without them knowing yeah they were trying to figure things out without them knowing you know then just you have learning all the learning their routines i mean day in and day out yeah you're learn you're doing that recon and then like the other half of it which was essentially like equally as important was literally sitting in a room for hours each day listening and re-listening and transcribing all of these things yeah to have on record that this is what they said this is what they're talking and then they're trying to also decode what the hell they're talking about it's just like a lot of like mentally laborious but also like you know the physical stuff where you're literally tracking people and trying to record the book and also being close enough to get the bugs recording from the cars that they planted them into. Yeah. But the most, the most shocking thing, and I'm just like, how the fuck is that even, how are you even allowed to do that without being like shut down immediately? But was like, after all these years of these people like, yeah, we're going to make the arrest tomorrow. That the, the night before you get a, the FBI gets a call from NBC news saying that, Oh, we're gonna run the story that we that somebody obviously leaked to them that you're gonna arrest all these guys tomorrow. 
And I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? Like for ratings, I guess, I don't know. But I'm like, if they're going to be arrested tomorrow, why the fuck would you tell them tonight? Right. Like, how is that? I don't even understand how you don't just get shut down immediately. Or I, I don't know. Well, I think it was, we want to, well, I don't, did they announce it the night before? Cause I thought it was like more is we want to be on the front lines of all this as it's going on. Well, they said that the night, like the night, like they were going to do a mass arrest the next morning and they got a call from the nightly news that that's the headline for tonight is that you're going to arrest all these guys. So that's when they're like, shit, dude, he called, I remember what, I forget the guy's name, but he's like, I called my super, like the head and it's like, we need to do We need to go now. And they went and just arrested everybody as they were going. And I loved one of the guys had an antidote about like, yeah, we arrested one of the major crime syndicate, like one of the heads. And he was in the back of my car as we were driving and we were listening to the radio. Yeah. And they were talking about how they announced that the FBI had bugged his car. And that's when he found out. He's like, you guys bugged my car? I like, listened yeah. to it on the radio. All right, man. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I mean, there's so much good stuff. Like, it's just so interesting to learn about the process. And and then all them being unsure that after all that work went in, I think they said the jury deliberated for six days on whether these guys were going to be guilty or not, mm-hmm. which has also got to be like, holy shit. Like, you think for something like that, that it, six days, you're like, holy shit. I, I would start to get really worried if it wasn't like, yeah, they're guilty. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other things. I mean, I think I touched about touched about my favorite moments. Well, again, let's just well put together docu series. I love the interviews with all the old FBI agents, even some of the old, you know, some of the lower in the totem pole people. Interviews with them that were part of these mafia gangs was just really cool. But yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'd like to watch it again. Again, this makes me really want to watch Goodfellas. Wink, wink. If we're looking for a movie for next week, wink, 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 wink. <laughs> I think you'd like it. I'm sure I would. I haven't seen it yet. That's one I'd like to watch again because I'm sure I'll pick up on a lot more the second time around. Yeah, I know. I need to see Goodfellas. That would be awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. I like it's kind of scrambled because there's just so much information. It's hard to keep them all straight. I would literally have to have like a notepad full of like names and dates. Yeah, well, same, same here. So it's more just like the feeling is like it's a great docuseries. If you're interested in the mob, it's amazing. I think if you're not interested in this, it's still well made that you would enjoy it and get something out of it, yeah. which is the best part about a great docuseries. You don't have to be into it to enjoy it. Well, I mean, so far, that's what I'm thinking about The Last Dance. You don't necessarily have to be into basketball to enjoy the story you're seeing unfold before your eyes. It helps if you're into basketball, but I don't think you have to be. Same thing with all the uh, uh, Chassis Media docs. You know, you don't have to be into cars to enjoy them. There's good stories. Right. But, yeah, I think that wraps it up for me. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. Just a lot of word vomit. But, hey, I really enjoyed this doc. I loved every second of it. And I got hooked on the first episode. and just yeah. kept watching it. But, yeah, streaming on Netflix, everybody. I would say check it out. I think we got two thumbs up for this one. Oh yeah, for sure. And two and a half hours. I mean, like, yeah. When I see docu, when I hear docu series, I'm like, oh man, that's probably at least four, five, six ten hours. Ten hours. Uh, I mean, like the Michael Jordan one, ten hours straight. Yeah. If yep. you watched all of it. But it's Mind nice, short chunks. 
short, concise docuseries and interesting from first to last episode. For sure. All right. Well, that wraps it up here. Daniel, where can they find us? You can find us online on Instagram, Twitter, movies underscore brews. Let us know what you thought about Fear City. Loved it. Hated it. Also, let us know what your favorite docuseries is that's available right now. Thanks, everybody, for downloading the podcast. Please share it with friends. And we will talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. 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 (laughs) And we're clear.